just post what you want to post. That was when my following really started to grow. Hello, welcome to Shopify Masters, the podcast powered by Shopify, your companion for starting and building a business. I'm Shuang Estershan. Have you ever found the bag of your dreams but couldn't justify buying it because of that designer price tag? Well, Nika Yusei has been sourcing rare vintage designer handbags since the summer of 2020 so that you wouldn't have to. Nika runs a bag drop every Wednesday on shopfashionnika.com where she offers 30 to 50 handpicked, professionally authenticated purses at affordable prices. Selling out in the matter of minutes. Nika is here with us today to chat about how she turned a passion for thrifting into a profitable business. Thank you so much for being here, Nika. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So we know that thrifting actually started out as a necessity for you. Can you tell us about your initial fashion memories and why thrifting became such a passion? I came from a single parent household. And so, yes, thrifting was that necessity if I wanted to find like the coolest pieces that were a fraction of the cost. I went to a school that, you know, there were people that had really nice things and they had really great fashion sense. And I always felt like I needed to not compete, but, you know, stay in trend uh, with obviously the current trends at the time. And um, while people were shopping at like Nordstrom, I was going to like Goodwill, going to my local thrift stores. And honestly, like I think the reason I love thrifting so much is because of like the thrill of the hunt. You never really know what you're going to find when you go into the stores, whether it's like a really cool pair of shoes or, you know, this amazing vintage jacket that you've never seen before and that, you know, if you don't pick it up, you'll never find it again. So that's why I really love finding like those gems. And that's what really got me into thrifting. And when I was younger at the time, I wasn't specifically looking for bags or anything like that. I was looking for, you know, clothing that could be really trendy that I can DIY if I wanted to, you know, I'll find like a pair of high waist jeans and then I'll like hack off the bottoms and turn them into high waist shorts. Maybe I'll like stud them and do all those fun little things. But that's how I've fallen in love with thrifting and I'm still thrifting to today. And tell us about your first experience with entrepreneurship. Fashionika isn't the first business you've started. So walk us through your journey of reselling as well. My very first business that I started was in high school and I called it Nika's Knickknacks. And it's kind of similar to like what I am doing where um, I'll like go find a piece at the thrift store and then I'll do some little DIY. So my example from your previous question, I would take high waist shorts and I'd stud them for my friends and I'd basically like charge them a fee for like obviously the labor it took to stud each little stud into the jeans. So I started that business. I would also go to Michael's a lot, buy like little pieces of jewelry that I could DIY together and make like little cross necklaces, cross bracelets. Cause at the time that was so popular. I remember I found a pair of like these combat black boots at the thrift store and I really wanted them to be like this glitter, insane glitter, like spectacular piece. So I bought like glitter at, at Michael's. I bought the combat boots at the thrift store. And I remember it took like a week to just glue everything down for all that glitter to dry off. But 
at the end of it, like people always complimented those boots. So I'm really proud of those. Those are like my little DIY baby. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my high school entrepreneurship. But when I finished college, I still loved thrifting so much. I moved back home. Um, I was trying to save money, you know, so that I could one, move out, but also to help pay for my student loans. So I would still go thrifting. And I remember I made this storefront called Game of Thrifts. And I think this is so interesting to note because this is truly like the start of my like reselling experience. And I didn't even know at the time, like I was going to thrift stores and because I'd find pieces that I thought were so fun, pieces that were a really great deal as well, but pieces I knew that, you know, I have so much in my closet. I, I can't wear all of the clothes that I find. So what I would do is I'd thrift maybe like five or six pieces a week, nothing too crazy. And then I'd like style it up, post videos and pictures of it on my YouTube channel. And then on my YouTube, it would basically be called like Game of Thrifts uh, episode one. And it'd basically be like, guys, um, this is what I found at the thrift store. This is how you can like style it. I'm going to be dropping it on my shop Game of Thrifts. And <laughs> I remember I found a St. Laurent button up right? And it was a beautiful button up in excellent condition. And I I forgot how much I paid for it, but it was so, so cheap. But at the time I was like, oh, you know, I'm not trying to like make a lot of money. I just want, like, I'm just doing this for fun. So I think I sold it for like $15 or $20. And I am like still racking my mind. Like, why would I sell a St. Laurent shirt in excellent condition for 15, 20 bucks? But anyways, for whoever owns that, like, congratulations to you, because that's a, a score. But yeah, that's kind of how I started like reselling at the time. You had a career in digital marketing before launching Fashionica. Can you tell us what did you learn from your job that really helped you with running this business? I only had one corporate job, and that was the digital marketing brand manager at Pyology Pizzeria. Um, Very similar to like the Chipotle's of the world, but in pizza form. They have around 120 locations. So it was really like my big girl job where I, I learned everything that I needed to learn. And I'm really grateful for the leadership team there. I want to shout out CEO at the time, Greg Imamoto, and then other members of like the leadership team, Amanda, Adrian, Yori, Chad, all these people really like helped me and encouraged me to be that entrepreneur. And it's crazy to think about because in a corporate job, I don't think that this is normal at all. I personally think that, you know, you go to a corporate role and they want you to kind of be that workhorse, you know, to live and breathe and um, not have that work-life balance or even like work slash passion balance. I think it's quite different for this company to allow me to talk about my business, allow me to like talk about it with them and get advice from them. You know, they're really amazing leaders that have a wealth of knowledge, you know, that I could easily just come up to and ask a a business question. So I'm extremely grateful for them. Um, Most especially because, you know, since I was the digital marketing brand manager, I oversaw all of the digital marketing and that allowed me to kind of a B test in a way, and it was encouraged. So I remember my uh, CEO at the time was telling me, like, you know, test out what you want with like the marketing at Pyology. See what what will stick in terms of like social media. What's going to stick and what's going to grow Pyology. But at the same time, use that 
and implement it into your own business. And he was like giving me these tips. And I thought, wow, that is so cool that like he's allowing me to really like take rein and test with what I'm doing at Pyology. And it made me feel really supported. And I'm so grateful for that position and that like they knew at the end of the day, I wasn't going to be there long term. They knew that, you know, my next job was really going to be doing my business full time. And you actually ran Fashionica as a part time side hustle for a while. Tell us what was the process like setting up Fashionica.com? We did run Fashionica a couple of years ago. I want to say we started on like Poshmark, you know, the typical resale sites, Poshmark, Depop. I think those are the only two that I used. But the reason early on we knew that we wanted to move to our own website is because of the commission fees. The commission fees are insane. (laughs) In my opinion, they're pretty crazy. And it doesn't really allow room for a business to prosper unless you're getting the bags for super, super cheap. And, you know, but that just wasn't the case. You know, my margin at the time I was scraping by just trying to make sure that, you know, I could keep my business afloat when I was selling on Poshmark and Depop. And so, like I said, early on, we knew that Fashionica was someday going to be its own website. So we quickly transformed that uh, website early on. Take us through the process of sourcing and prepping the bags and how do you go about authenticating them for your customers? Yeah. So I feel like I get this question a lot. Like, where do you source? Where do you get your bags? It's so crazy because I can't really like answer that because it's everywhere. I'll go to my local consignment shops, local thrift stores. I'll even go to like LA. You know, there's an entire street on Melrose where there's just thrift stores galore. And then whenever I'm traveling, I always make sure to make time for just to like look at the thrift stores, look at the consignment shops and see what they have. And then on top of that, I, because demand has grown, which I'm excited extremely, extremely grateful for. We now have a vendor that helps me, basically helps supply me these bags because of the growing demand. So I'll meet with her every week, talk to her on a daily basis. She'll send me pictures of, you know, bags that she's found. I'll send her pictures that of bags that I found. We'll like basically talk to each other about like all these amazing bags. And something I do want to note that I think is kind of what sets me apart from other resale sites is my motto is I will not source a bag if I know in my heart that I wouldn't use it myself. Because I'm a small business, you know, I invest a lot of money up front to purchase these bags. If it doesn't sell, like I'm kind of stuck with it. So at the end of the day, like if it doesn't sell, then I get to keep it. But I'm very grateful because since the business has grown so much and demand is been amazing. I haven't had that opportunity where I had to keep a bag. So yeah, very, very grateful for that. And then in terms of authentication, so each of our bags are authenticated using Entropy Luxury Authentication Service. It's essentially like an authentication service that uses both AI software in addition to professional authenticators that have been in the industry for 20 years. And I think this is an interesting process because there are there's no other authentication service that ties in that AI software aspect, which I really appreciate. And they're so, so certain that like every bag that they authenticate is the real deal that they even have like a money back guarantee where they're like stand behind each product. And I love that because 
I feel like a sense of security knowing that I'm selling the real deal. I can feel comfortable communicating this information to my clients. They feel comforted knowing that, you know, this is at the end of the day, I want to be that reputable, um, authentic, authentic luxury website that people can turn to and not have to bat an eye and think like, oh, is this fake? You know what I mean? So yeah, I really appreciate using Entropy. And it's been really cool seeing how much you've grown and very excited to see the next chapter as well. I'm chatting with Nika Yusai, the founder and chief bag lady of Fashionika, the curator of rare vintage handbags. So I would also like to chat about the pricing strategies and also how you navigate that side of the business to make sure you're running a profitable business, but also offering value to your customers. I work very, very hard with my pricing strategy. I like to kind of consider my business as that cost differentiation. I try very hard to be one of the lowest that you'll find online in terms of pricing, if not the lowest, because I really just want to provide like these great bags for a great deal so that it's more accessible to those who typically wouldn't be able to afford a brand new bag in store, you know? And additionally, this is great because it's sustainable at the same time. Like we're promoting like circular fashion. So it's very exciting to kind of tie those two together where we're doing something great for our planet, but additionally, like getting a great bag for a great price. While you were running this business as a side hustle, at what moment did you realize this could be a full-time business for you? So I would say it was when I realized that my business, my side hustle was making more than what my full-time job was making. Yeah. And because you've grown so much, you also hired outside help and also expanded the team. So at what point or what chapters did you realize, hey, I can actually hire someone and let go of some of the usual responsibilities you used to have? So I would say when I realized that like my nights and my weekends were also being utilized for work rather than rest. Um, I was definitely not having like a very great work-life balance. And so that's when I decided, you know, we can grow demand or by increasing inventory. And the only way to increase inventory is if I let go of some of these responsibilities and give it to someone else. So a really great example is in May of this year, I believe, we hired um, a photographer. So now I don't have to take my photos with my iPhone on like a little blanket that I used to. Now we have a professional photographer where we'll meet up with him every Monday and then we'll have our photo shoots and he uses his very fancy camera to get really in-depth photos of the bags. So I think it has really helped me just in terms of like time allowed for me to do like other things, but also it helps my clients because they can get a better idea and level set expectations when they see like, oh, there's a mark on this bag or, oh, there's some rubbing. Like they understand because they can now clearly see it. So you mentioned that Monday is photography day. So walk us through your week and how you were able to streamline the process to help with scalability. So Mondays we have our photo shoots. 
that's basically where we shoot all the bags for the week. In addition to me being the model and like modeling each bag, because I realized that it's important that you show what the bag looks like on the body so that people can get a better idea of what it looks like. Um, And then on Tuesdays, we have our listings where we basically go on Shopify and we'll like prep all the listings, the descriptions, um, the prices. And then Wednesday is like marketing day. So Wednesday we'll create a lot of TikTok videos and then um, get people excited that the bag drop is happening that day. So Wednesday is my personal favorite day because that's bag drop day. Bag drop happens at 7 p.m. Pacific time every single Wednesday in my shop. And my followers kind of know that I'll go on live at 5.40 p.m. Pacific time and both on like TikTok, Instagram live, YouTube live and showcase the bags and basically try it on. And it's like a whole, it's like a fun experience. Um, I highly encourage anyone to just hang out. Like people will like tune in as if it's almost like a TV series, which I really love because it's so exciting that like people really enjoy it, but they'll like grab their wine. They'll um, bring their mom over. I have people telling me they like brought like their um, girlfriends over and they're just like watching me. So it's so cool to even think that. But um, basically at 5.40 PM, I'll go on live. The live runs until 7 PM civic time. So it's somewhat short, but it's where I will show all the bags and say like, hey, we have this bag available today, this beautiful Chanel bag, super rare, show up close, like any flaws it might have, and then try it on and then also share like the pricing. And it's nice because I get a lot of like comments about like people excited about like, oh, this is a great bag. So I get very excited basically. And then at 7 p.m. Pacific time, that's when all the bags drop on shopfashionika.com. And that's just like the craziness in itself because since they drop at exactly 7 p.m., it's like people call it the hunger games of bags because people go crazy. They'll like, check out really quickly. So more often than not, my bags will sell out within two to three minutes. And I drop maybe like 30 to 50 bags a week. So Wednesdays, like I said, are very, very fun, very tiring, but so, so worth it. Okay. And then Thursdays, Thursdays are emails like customer service, uh, DMs, responding to any comments, customer pickups too. I do offer this pickup service if they don't want to pay for shipping and they are local, they're more than welcome to pick up the bags. And then I also go to my vendor on Thursdays as well. So this is when we'll look at the bags and see what we found for the next week. Friday, Friday is kind of like a miscellaneous day. So I'll either go sourcing at my local consignment shops. I'll do some TikTok videos since, you know, I want to make sure that not only am I posting about bags for my business, but I am just so passionate about bags myself. So I love that content that just gets people excited about luxury bags in general or like educates them about like little things about the brands. In addition to that, I'll figure out what we're going to be selling for the next week. So this is when I'm going to think, okay, I need 30 to 40 bags for next week. So I'm going to line them up and then look at what we have. So I have to make sure that there's a good variety. There's totes. We have crossbody bags. Um, Do we have some shoulder bags, mini bags? Big bags are back. So do we have big bags? So we really have to think about, you know, that variety because every customer is different and there's a different lifestyle for each person as well. So I try really hard to have a good variety every batch. 
like I said, I try not to work on the weekends, but Saturdays slash Sundays, I'll probably work like a half day where we get all the shipping labels ready to go and we will get the packages ready. I do have a shipping team. So they, I'm so grateful for them because they've kind of uh, helped me lift that weight off my shoulders, especially because there's so many packages now, so many orders that I just can't do it myself. But I'll prep the shipping labels and create them and get the insurance and the trackings and everything ready to go and sent to the customers so that they're notified that their bags are being prepped. Wow. Amazing. What a crazy week. We are so excited to chat more, Nika. We are chatting with Nika Yusei, founder of Fashion Nika. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. And if you haven't already, follow or subscribe to Shopify Masters wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review or feedback for the show. Thank you. So I got to touch upon social media. Myself, as well as my amazing producer, Gogo, both discovered you on TikTok and your personality and love for your work really comes across. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey on social media and how you continue to engage with the community and also turn it into traffic for your business? I started on Instagram probably when the app first started. And I've always been very like excited and interested in fashion, not specifically like designer bags at the time, but fashion in general, like I loved it. Uh, Makeup, anything lifestyle. You know, I was one of those influencers that would post like hashtag outfit of the day, OOTD, and like post literally every single day my outfit. And so I think I kind of got a head start because I did grow a following. Um, At the time I had I think like 19,000 followers before I started my business. It was kind of stagnant where I I loved posting, but the engagement wasn't there. I feel like I wasn't creating a lot of value for those that followed me. And I was kind of in a rut. And it wasn't until I realized that why am I so focused on like the number count? Why do I care so much about like my following? Because I saw that, you know, there were people that were unfollowing me and I'm like, it was just a numbers game at this point. When I realized that the numbers shouldn't matter, just like be your authentic self. Like just post what you want to post, basically. That was when my following really started to grow. And I guess it was also in line with when I started selling bags too, because I started you know, talking in front of the camera, using my voice, showing my personalities, like going on Instagram story and saying, hey guys, like we have these bags available that I'm going to be dropping. I, I just started this business. So I have like five bags available for anyone who might be interested. And they didn't sell out right away. They would, you know, sit in my shop for probably like a few days until like it would be get sold. So it was never like the demand that it is today, but Basically, I think it was when I started showing my face in front of the camera and using my voice and showing how excited I get about these bags because I think it's so funny because sometimes I'll get like trolls that are like, she's too dramatic, like she's being like fake. If you know me, like that is my like personality. Um, My fiance and my little sister, they always make fun of me because when I find a bag like that is so good that I need to like go to my fiance's room and say like, oh my God, you got to look at this bag. Like they kind of roll their eyes because they're like, oh my gosh, like this girl, she's just too much. But that's just, that's just how I am. And like, I started like showing my true personality online. And I think that that's really helped my business grow as well. 
I think what's also interesting is you went through this journey of being online and there was a pivotal moment where you decided to actually dedicate yourself to selling vintage bags and also talking about them. Did you ever made a big decision or was it a monumentous moment or it just something that happened very gradually? It happened organically. So at the time when I was in my corporate job, I was very excited about the fact that I was able to afford a little bit higher end pieces. Very excited about like the Louis Vuitton bag that I thrifted. And I kept telling my fiance, you know, I'm going to these consignment shops and I'm finding them for like a pretty good deal. Like I can't buy all of them. I don't have all the money in the world to buy all of these bags for myself um, or even sustain that lifestyle. And he was actually the one. So shout out to my fiance. He was the one that was like, why don't you turn this into like a business? Like find these bags make a little bit of profit and see like what can happen, test it out. And I want to thank him because I feel like at the time I just was so nervous about taking that risk, thinking that, you know, if I don't sell this bag, like I'm out like a few hundred dollars, like what am I going to do? And he made me feel very secure uh, in the sense that, you know, we live together. So he told me that, if, if I don't sell the bags, it's okay. He can help cover like the rent and he can basically support me if my business fails. And I feel like that's like the best thing for a partner to say. I just feel very supported and it made me take that next step and take that risk. Um, so it, if it wasn't for him, I would not have um, started this business. We're also very lucky that you have, because all of the marketing that you do is original content on your own social media, have you experimented with other forms of marketing? I like to say that like we have spent very little marketing dollars. The marketing dollars that I have spent has actually been through the Shopify email where you kind of pay per like the amount of people that it's sent to. So I don't know exactly how many sub email subscribers we have, but it's definitely in like the thousands. So I think we're maybe like around like 15,000 um, subscribers, but it's exciting because I can now talk to them through my email subscription and I only email them once a week and they know to like look out for that email because it, it's definitely valuable for them. But essentially I'll showcase all the pictures of the bags that I'm dropping that week and they can click onto that picture and it'll take them to like a Shopify preview Um uh, a part of like the website that's not visible, but if you're, you know, part of my mailing list, it is visible. And so they can go and look at the pictures, swipe to see any flaws, um, and then to see the price as well. So I always recommend that's kind of like the, the perk of joining my mailing list. Yeah. Like I said, we don't really spend too many marketing dollars. The majority is through like the Shopify mailing list, but it's very affordable. Everything is pretty much organic. We post on TikTok and on Instagram. And also we started um, posting on YouTube shorts as well. So speaking of Shopify email, are there any other apps, tools, or services that you use to really improve the user experience on your website? I like to give credit to my fiance again. So he is, I like to joke, he's a software engineer by day, but by night, he is my software engineer. So he can help me with the website. Anything tech related, I always ask him because he is a whiz. He built the countdown that is available in my shop. So when every week after like the drop hits and they sell, I'll remove all of those products so that 
just a countdown is displayed on the main page. And the countdown basically counts down like when the next backdrop is. So it's counting down seven days, six days, something like that. And I think that that's a really fun experience for my clients to understand exactly when the bags are going to drop. Um, In addition, we started implementing YouTube into my Shopify account. So basically like we have a little YouTube screen that also says like when the next bag drop is. And so people can, you know, wait list so they can be reminded when it starts. And once the YouTube live starts, when I'm streaming, it's actually showcased on our webpage. So someone can be watching me from shopfashionika.com, watching me on live. And then at 7 p.m. Pacific time, they're already on the page. Like they can easily just scroll down and then see all the bags dropping while I'm still talking about the bags. So I think that that was a really cool addition to our website recently. Awesome. So you've been on social media for a very long time and you grew so naturally because of your authentic and exciting content. Do you have some advice for people who are starting now and might feel a little bit intimidated about entering onto social media? Take it day by day. Be genuine and authentic with what you're posting. It doesn't have to be 100% ready. If you don't know like, oh, is this going to do well? Like, I don't know if I should post it just post it. You already made the content. You never really know what's going to go viral on TikTok. And the best thing about TikTok is anyone can go viral these days. So I don't think that it's too late at all to start on any social media platform. And as we know, you know, social media is ever evolving and there's going to be a new platform someday that might kill Instagram and you could get on that. So I would say just be consistent with, you know, the content that you create, be authentic, be excited. People can, you know, tell if you're not being genuine. Yeah, I, I, I would just say, just go for it. Like, take that risk. The, like, it's not gonna hurt. It doesn't cost money to post on social. So, just do it. Amazing. Okay. Lastly, if there's any new projects or goals you would like to share with us for Fashionica. Oh my gosh, this is like perfect timing. Next week, I'm hiring my full-time employee, our first full-time employee. So I officially have an assistant who's going to be supporting me with our day-to-day operations, which means increased inventory. I think a lot of people are like, you know, getting really anxious that these bags sell so quickly. So the goal is to really increase our inventory so that it doesn't sell out like insane, uh, like... I hope, I mean, that would be great if it does, but the goal is to, you know, get more people to see that we have more inventory. So that's like my one project that I've been working on for a while, because as you know, you know, I I really wanted to pick someone that would be with me and it takes a lot for me to trust. So I've been looking for this assistant for a very long time and it's taken a good amount of months to finally find someone that can support me. And I'm just very excited that we finally have someone that's coming in to help. In addition, next year, early 2023, we're going to be expanding to an office space. So that's another back behind the scenes uh, project that we have going. Very, very excited for all the new changes and we look forward to every Wednesday. So thank you so much for being here, Nika. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. That's Nika Yusei from Fashionika. I'm Shwang Esther Shan, and I'll catch you next time on Shopify Masters.